the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Happy Wednesday. Oh my gosh, this is... I say it all the time. I must like people are like, you say that like almost every day towards the second half of the week. It's going by fast. What can I say? <laughs> every, the days are just going and going and going. But nonetheless, hope you guys are enjoying the ride. Uh, Got it. Before we get into stuff, we will talk some UH men's volleyball. Obviously have some football talk. Got to tell you about the interesting events that transpired yesterday. Some of you guys were along for the ride when we got the early news. And then Paul Brecht got called out for a little bit and he didn't know what he was talking about. And it turns out, you know exactly what we're talking about. Our inside intel, anytime we tweet about little birds or give little hints, we don't say that if we don't know that it's true. But we will tell you about that in just a second. Tonight, though, we finally have our OIA girls basketball coverage back on Hawaii Sports Radio Network. As we mentioned, kind of a long break in between our previous broadcasts. One, because our Kyle Galdera was on a much-deserved vacation during the holidays, and he is finally back. So tonight, we will have Radford versus Pearl City in OIA girls basketball action, and our, the debut of our guy, Michael Escaro, our newest member on the team. He will be alongside Kyle Galdera uh, this evening. Again, Radford versus Pearl City broadcast begins at approximately 7 p.m. As always, it depends on the conclusion of the JV game before it. So be sure to tune in on 95.1 FM, AM 760 or Hawaii And then on Friday, we will have another game. And that one will be between Castle and Farrington. And that will be Kyle Galdera and myself on the call. And then next week, we got more OIA girls basketball. We have HPU coming back. Tomorrow, you have Sharks Weekly, another one, finally. Everyone's coming back from vacation. So we have Sharks Weekly, a new and live Sharks Weekly from Aloha Tower Marketplace's or HPU's ATM campus. Be sure to tune in for that. And, of course, a lot of other stuff going on. And as you heard the promo right before we jumped on air, the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. Woo! Let's go. Let's rock and roll. Man. <laughs> the river is the river. flowing. Uh, oh, and of course, this week, I know I know our Paul Brecht is like so sad that we don't talk about golf more often on this show. But <laughs> nonetheless, do have to give you guys a reminder and heads up about the Sony Open that happening this week at YLI Country Club, mainly because you can look out for uh, Blaze Akana, who is on the UH men's golf team and is golfing as an amateur in the Sony Open. So be sure to, and we'll give you the updates as the days go by. It does get, it tees off tomorrow. Today is the official Pro-Am. So if you guys want to go down and watch, you can still go to Wildlife Country Club starting today to see the Pro-Am. This is kind of when the pros get to practice and then the people with all the money get to golf with the pros. So the first, the front nine will be golfed by one pro and then the back nine will be golfed by a second pro. So if you guys want to go out there. The weather seems to be holding up okay. Good good it's day for golf. Day on the drive in. So it's a good day for golf. So if you guys want to head out to Wai Country Club and then tomorrow through Sunday, fingers crossed that Blaze at least, you know, makes the cut. So we're cheering for you, Blaze. Again, UH men's golfer, Blaze Akana in the Sony Open this week. All right. 
time to get into the wild ride that was yesterday. (laughs) As if we already, you know, spoke at nauseum about stuff that happened with Braden Shager. And this is proof in the pudding that this is just the world of college football that we live in right now. And kids are going to change their minds because there's agents, there's adults involved with certain decision making about where to go. So we had kind of mentioned it two days ago on Monday that former UNLV quarterback who did quarterback for the Kaimuki Bulldogs uh, over here in Hawaii in the 2019 season. He spent most of his prep career in Las Vegas and then uh, just the 2019 season did very well, led Kaimuki to an OIA D2 title that year. They did, you know, get bounced in the States, but nonetheless, the OIA title is a good, a huge feat for a Kaimuki football. So he was at UNLV, got the starting gig when there's, starting quarterback at UNLV got injured and then earned his way to be the continued starter. He doubled down that he was going to stay at UNLV after the season ended around the same time the whole Braden Shager thing was happening with rumors about Braden leaving Hawaii. And then it comes out last week that, oh, hold up. (laughs) There is now rumors, quote unquote rumors, that Jaden Maiava is entering the transfer portal. So we're like, okay, I guess it's going to happen. And then a couple of days ago, announced the commitment to Georgia. So it's like, oh, it's a cute little play on words, you know, Kaimuki Bulldog to Georgia Bulldog. That's fun. But it didn't make too much sense considering that Georgia already has, you know, a starting quarterback and then a second string quarterback who's another quality QB and a scholarship athlete. So Mayavo would have been third or at least competing maybe for the second string job in Georgia. So I was like, okay, well, it makes sense for Georgia. Obviously, you can never have too many quality quarterbacks, but it just seemed odd for Jaden to go from being a starter somewhere, even though it's a Mountain West school, and going over to Georgia and potentially not playing or having to sit for a couple of seasons at least. And then yesterday (laughs) on this show, we get the inclination and our inside sources uh, that the commitment to Georgia will likely flip by Jordan Maiava to USC. And we're like kind of going back and forth, speculating that this is what it's going to be. And then sure enough, that's the information and the intel that we had gotten that Jaden Maiava from UNLV to, I don't want to say he's even set on campus, like step foot on campus to Georgia and then flipping back or not back but flipping again and will now go to USC AL fight on which selfishly I was like all right well that works out in our favor because we have USC football on this station so that's the whirlwind that we live in everybody with college football as if we thought the Braden Shaker situation was completely Hawaii and isolated this is what's going to happen I know it's like unfortunate and I know a lot of people including myself are like if you're going to commit somewhere that's where you go But the times are changing and wishing all the best. And now it makes sense because you had Malachi Nelson that entered the transfer portal from USC. Obviously, Caleb Williams graduating. Malachi Nelson was the top recruit and set to get into that spot. I think he didn't commit to Boise State yet, did he? He visited. Malachi, he did. He did. He did commit. So he is going to Boise State. 
uh, top quarterback there because and Boise State's top quarterback entered the transfer portal after they were the Mountain West champs. So you guys, it's all over the place. But nonetheless, Jada Maiava seems to be set up to potentially be the starter for the USC Trojans. And I hope you guys followed all of that. I hope I did a good job at painting the picture of where all the arrows were going. And here we are. <laughs> so if you've paid attention to it, I think um, you would be hard to criticize anyone trying to explain it. It's been an absolutely crazy journey for Jaden Maiava entering the transfer portal, the recruitment trail, and what has been going on in the background. And like you said, uh, times are changing. I think we are seeing more business tactics being oh, yeah. played now by these kids, or at least by their representation behind these kids, just because I'm, I was trying to think about it as well, right? Where... Okay, Georgia versus USC, because both of these options were on the table. And I was doing some background research and prep for today. And, you know, USC, after he had committed, you know, made one last call. Lincoln Riley makes one last call the morning after. And I think about it where it's like in a business partnership where you start to give the hints like, all right, I think we're, we're leaning to go with these guys. Well, you're going to step up and give your best offer then try and get your guy and USC ended up getting their guy they sources said that they were hot on the trail of Mayava for a while there he ended up picking Georgia initially simply because of the ranking like number mm -hmm. one overall there yeah I think he's and this is not anything sourced or anything else this is now my personal opinion I think this is a better move for him mm -hmm. if he was going to make a move to a power five school, power four, I should say, excuse me, power four school and a high major school at that and know that he was going to have to fight for the starting job all over again, not mm -hmm. necessarily walk into one. But like I said, potentially fighting for almost a second string job because I, I know it's well, always competitive. Oh, but yes, for the most part, Georgia. in Georgia, it's yes, at Georgia, it's already wrapped up at for the USC starter. now. Yeah. Though, even though uh, what's his name, Moss Miller, Miller Moss, yeah. I don't know, he put up video game numbers in the bowl. It was kind of crazy. Um, oh he, yeah, that guy. He competes against yeah. Jaden Mayava now, and you go in, and this is not to be disrespectful to Moss, but mm -hmm. Moss, I think is a freshman, if not a freshman, in a second year. Very young in his development as well. Not necessarily as roots implanted into the starting job as, say, I don't know, a Georgia's Carson Beck. Mm -hmm. So the opportunity for playing time, probably there better. And I said this also, at the end of the day, I'm going to choose Lincoln Riley's track record when it comes to developing quarterbacks who go on to the NFL rather than... Kirby Smart's, and that's not to say Kirby Smart's a bad coach. Kirby Smart's a phenomenal coach. You can see that by how great Georgia's <laughs> been the last few years. It's just, I mean, we talked about it, Koo. The, the quarterbacks aren't necessarily the ones who are leading them to all of these wins. It is a very, very balanced roster otherwise, whereas at USC and at Oklahoma before USC with Lincoln Riley, you can just go down the list, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, you now have Caleb Williams, so on and so forth, to the point where it's like, well, why why wouldn't I 
wanted go to the guy who just churns out first round pick quarterbacks and Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Two to his name, Lincoln Riley has. So I know it was kind of a weird year for USC last season. They did not meet their expectation. Their defense was still horrendous. Uh, Caleb Williams seemed like he checked out like maybe the last few games of the season. So hopefully Lincoln Riley will get a reset. And then, of course, in the offseason, a bunch of kids transferred out, including, as we mentioned earlier, the quarterback that was slotted to take the place of Caleb Williams in Mal- Malachi Nelson. And that brings us here. But again, like Paul said and I said, like I think this is a, definitely a better move for Jaden Mayava in terms of he's definitely getting a bag. So I'm pretty sure USC is very competitive in, or well where it's not paid to play and the schools have nothing to do with the NIL deals <clears throat> but <laughs> I'm pretty sure financially it's really similar to whatever Georgia was going to offer or offer it a potential third string fighting for second string quarterback now USC is looking at a potential first string quarterback so I'm sure financially that equals out and then now it's just about the opportunity and if you're Jaden Mayava, you want to at least be able to, like Paul said, slot in to compete for the starting job and not necessarily compete for the second string job because obviously you're not going to root for the starting guy to get injured. Like you just got to go into it thinking he's going to be 100% healthy. He's the guy. So now I'm just competing for number two. But you go to USC. hold the clipboard. Yeah. You go to USC, you get a shot. And now that USC is moving conferences, going over to the Big Ten, you have that opportunity right away should you win the starting job to already have that you know they have to obviously win the conference and whatnot but you have more of a shot to be or an equal shot to be in the newly revamped format of the college football playoff it's not like USC is a Pac-12 school anymore where they always seem to get left out yada 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 in the previous format we had so now you're in a bigger conference you're not left behind so everything is equal except the whole playing time part. And this is 100% a spot on the best move for Jaden Mayava, but more so wanting to explain every breakdown of scenario that happened with him for a lot of our Hawaii fans that are like might be still a little irritated with what happened with Braden Shager. And this is just going to happen all the time. Again, similar situation. Jaden doubled down on committing that he was staying at UNLV, changed his mind, committed to one place and then changed his mind again to go to a better situation that we feel again yes personal opinion we did not hear it straight from him but when you look at it in hindsight you're like oh well this makes the most sense for him to go somewhere where he can compete and like we mentioned about getting left out of the the new newly revamped college football playoff you know the mountain west does not hold the type of strength that the power four will when it comes to the new format Yes, a Mountain West team will likely at least get in, but just the seating-wise, it will not be that great for the Mountain West schools. Won't be kind. Yeah, it will not be kind. They're going to have to play against like the number one ranked team in the first, or well, first round, they I mean, would get a bye. But think they about would, what they do to our Rainbow way. Wahine during March Madness. <sighs> Essentially that, where it's like, oh, great, you were the best team of this conference. Uh, here is a matchup with one of the best teams in the country in the first round at their place. Have fun. Have fun. That, right. that would essentially be what it would be. But this is the world we live in, folks. So I know it's going to take some getting used to for a lot of people, but here we are. It's still football. And it's one of those like we're going to complain. We're going to kick our feet. We're going to scream. At the end of the day, 
still going to watch it. <laughs> so it's, it's the greatest reality TV show on earth. <laughs> that's what I always say. Well, that's sports in general. That's what I've always said when people are like, why do you love sports so much? I'm like, I'm a woman and there's drama. It's the best reality TV. It's totally, and it, and it is actually reality, not Big old unscripted. and being all dramatic. <laughs> it's very funny. Hello, Arthur Smith. <laughs> no comment. Maybe we'll get to that in our uh, Sierra Tango Sierra portion of the show. <laughs> I realize I have to do it like military <laughs> version because when I spell it, it sounds not, not that good when I just say the letters. It's like it could be misconstrued for saying something else. So <laughs> I, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, stick guys, around. St- yeah, stick around <laughs> to know what I'm talking about. We'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Ooh, that was like perfect timing. <laughs> the beat dropped. Who? <laughs> at some point you'll realize you and me, we're professionals like, at hey, this at this point. I try sometimes. <laughs> Every once in a while. Yeah. Toss in a little bit, a little oh. extra effort for the beautiful people. <laughs> I still think it was funny. I, I, you guys missed it. We were talking about um, Jada Mayava flipping his commitment from Georgia to USC. But I just thought the um, <laughs> Paul getting ca- called out by somebody else was kind of funny. Like, <laughs> Paul, because so, you know, <laughs> shout out to our guy, Michael Lescaro, who gave Paul and I the inside info yesterday during the show, which is why we're freaking out. And we're telling you guys, we can't tell you yet, but the news will break later today. Sure enough, we were right. Or Michael was right. And then um, so we knew that morning for all of you guys listening, we knew it was happening. And, you know, we try to drop our little hints here and there on try to Twitter. Clue you, in. you know, we kind of we, we want to try to like prepare and the excitement and the, the build up and stuff. And then <laughs> Paul had had tweeted it uh, a little hinting. And then someone had was like, but his dad said he's going to Georgia. And <laughs> we all kind of chuckled True. because his dad did say and then his dad said just kidding he's going to usc so i just thought that was kind of funny that well i just was trying to have a little bit of fun yeah. because it was our friends at yeah. on three sports who who tweeted <laughs> out the the jaden mayava commitment and specifically our friend pete who if you have long been a fan of this show oh, you know pete. you know oh pete so i simply said man what if pete was wrong because it did feel like a big move. I mean, this is a Hawaii boy who then went to Las Vegas to finish out his high school career and then stayed in Las Vegas for college. Then he just decides he's going to go to Georgia, the East Coast. Yeah. That is 3,000 miles. That is a long way away. <laughs> Especially from Hawaii. Take it from somebody who moved from the East Coast to Hawaii. 5,000 miles is not, like, even if Las Vegas is home now, is not it does not feel as and good. it and it's like a short time to decide right like we look at Tua Tonga Vailoa and initially when you're like wow Tua is going to go to Alabama that doesn't make that's like really random but then when he explained his decision it was a lot about you know Nick Saban is really big on going to church on Sundays and there's no football like things on Sundays because he encourages everyone to go to church together all that and that's very important to Tua Tonga Vailoa and the family so then you're like all right but then you know he did a lot of visits and looked at all his options and decided on Alabama. But yes, for Jaden, it was like the span of less than a week. Like, 
All right, we're going to go decide to go hey, to Georgia. It was so quick. Okay. My whole life I've been on the West Coast, on Pacific time, on Hawaii time, and now I'm just going to flip. I'm going to totally flip everything. I was like, oh, that is because, I, like I said, I wasn't trying to be a total smart guy. I was like, this is a big move, but I wouldn't have tweeted that out unless I had an idea something was going on underneath the um, underneath the surface. So. Just for, for you beautiful people who do follow me, do follow Koo, follow any of us at Hawaii Sports Radio, you really should just keep an eye out because we always are dropping little birdie hints yeah. for you. And we don't drop hints unless we know for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, dropping little birdie hints to get you prepared for news that will Something's going to happen. By the way, uh, I know I'm Paul... Speaking. I know Paul joked about this yesterday or when Jaden went to Georgia and like Georgia was already the betting favorite and you were like, oh, see, they're the betting favorite because Jaden's going there. Yeah, boom. <laughs> you, did USC go up yet? They're way down. <laughs> oh, that's why I was just going to bring it up. So Georgia is still the favorite at plus 350, followed by Bama at plus 550, Ohio State 8 to 1, Michigan 9 to 1, Texas 9 to 1, Oregon 10 to 1. Which, like I said, Oregon is like looking pretty juicy over there at the ten to one to win next year. USC is all the way down with Oklahoma at thirty to one. So it didn't move the needle much with Jaden Maiava going over there. Sprinkle. Again, what can I say? No, kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> I mean, we are the USC uh, station, so it would be a fun spring. I, and I'm scheduled to go to that USC LSU game in Las boom, Vegas to open the game. I'm so. no longer kidding. I have retaken back my three kiddings. Yeah, I I bid on that at like the Hawaii Bowl Foundation thing dinner I went to. It was like the tickets to the LSU USC game at Allegiant. You know, Hawaiian that miles like a fun time. Yeah, I pretty much bought it just for the Hawaiian miles because I was <laughs> like, it was it was a good deal. It was like 120 thousand Hawaiian miles. So if you calculate it, I'm like, all right, I can. Sp- I mean, it's not like I'm not gonna use it. So. Some breaking news here uh, in the basketball world, not to do a total heel turn, uh, but we are the official station for the Clippers here in Hawaii, and as of about 90 seconds ago, Kawhi Leonard has officially agreed to a contract extension with the Los Angeles Clippers via, well, Clippers PR account and also Adrian Wojnowski. So, um, there you go, you beautiful people, here at 828 (laughs) <laughs> on this Wednesday morning, uh, there you go. Kawhi Leonard will be staying with the Los Angeles Clippers further uh, breaking news here. I mean, they need here. to make sure they have, like, an attraction for when they move into their new home. So, I mean, yes. You don't want to, like, completely dissipate everything that you're building on because it'll be next season when that Intuit Dome will be ready to go. Oh, it looks awesome, by the way. I can't even, like put that on the work trip too <laughs> we're gonna go just toss it all let's just put there. it all in there um yeah so anyway, but yeah okay. sorry sorry about the quick heel turn there it's but okay it felt like some timely timely breaking news that i could share with the beautiful people but nonetheless Jaden mayava did not catapult our usc trojans into the best ranking or the best uh odds for the national title next year but nonetheless they will be here on Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Hopefully. Well, because like you said, right, he's not the starter. And I get it. He's coming from a Mountain West school who competed in the Mountain West Championship game but did not win. And so obviously that's not exactly the best resume going from a Mountain West or a group of five school 
to a Power 5 school that will be competing in a new, more competitive, well, good, I guess to each his own. Good new, resume, more not great. Yeah, so Miller Moss, that's his name, yeah. Miller, Miller Moss. Miller Moss, M-M, The two last name thing going on. Well, they have two quarterbacks with M last names, M and M. Boom, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Look at Paul. See, we out here. Dropping this stuff over I had here. to step up while Kyle was out. I had to think. <laughs> I had to think a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to step aside. When we come back, we will switch over to University of Hawaii men's volleyball as they get set to take on Emmanuel tonight and hear from players Eleu Choi and Alakai Todd next on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kuwale Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Welcome. Wake Up in the Den on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Mahalo for tuning in this and every weekday morning at 8 or any of our broadcasts, uh, whether it be our friends at VSIN or some of our local play-by-play, which we will have this evening. Oi, girls basketball between Radford and Pearl City. Kyle Galdera and Michael Lescaro on the call. I'll be on site to give you, you know, some of the IG stories that we have fun with. And then Polly B will be holding the, down the fort in studio. So a lot of fun are oh, bringing back the clopin. We haven't done a clopin in a while. So Paul and I doing the clopin yeah. as Sharks Weekly again tomorrow uh, morning at nine following this show. All right. Getting into some UH men's volleyball as they get set to play Emmanuel uh, this evening at 7 o'clock p.m. Well, this evening and Friday at 7 at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Had that split series against Loyola Chicago, but nonetheless, their offense was there in both games except Friday's match last week. Too many errors, and as Charlie says, if you you know have that many errors, you won't beat anybody, let alone a good team like Loyola Chicago. But I want to share some of the players just because Eleu Choi and Alaka Itad were somewhat of a surprise, but at the same time, not surprised because you can kind of, you knew that they were up and coming and they were putting in the work, but they were somewhat of the breakout players in the series against Loyola Chicago. So uh, this is what they had to say. And first up is Eleu Choi. And of course, like he always does, getting the question started, our guy Rob DeMello at KHON2 Sports. When you look at what your name translates into, right? It's agile, energy. That's what you brought to the court. Uh, just tell me how much pride you carry in that and knowing that you know, that's who you are and the core of who you are is, is what you're able to do on the court. Well, it's pretty, ever since I was young, uh, my parents always told me that as long as I gave 100% effort, nothing can go wrong. But despite what the results were, as long as you get 100%, it would always be proud of me. Also, being my teammates, it's just, it gets me really excited that I get to play with these guys at a high level. And I was like, heck, why not throw my body for a ball? Like, if I miss it, I miss it. At least I gave my 120%. You know, when you have a, a weekend like you did, you've been waiting all off season to, to get this opportunity. and and you make the most of it, um, just kind of how much does that spark you and set the tone for what you want to accomplish this year? Uh, our, our goal is to, of course, 
go for the natty, go big or go home. But of course, that's just, I mean, that's just a dream. We have to put in the work like anything else. And, and that's what we, as what we do in the practice gym is what helps define of our pathway to, to get to the national championship. Yeah, it's just how much reps, how much hard we put in. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you've been, you know, the last couple of years behind some some guys, big name guys that went through this program. What did you kind of learn from them as you were kind of, um, you know, in the practice jam and just kind of biding your time before you got that opportunity that last uh, weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, Brett Sheward, Gage Worsley, one, like, absolutely wonderful liberos. They played lights out. And, you know, just being on the side and just watching them is just a privilege. Because the main thing is, like, learning and just improving your game. You know, getting on the court is one thing, but just improving your game is the dream. Like, how much you can expand your, your knowledge of volleyball. And it's just a huge honor to just watch them play and be on a team with them. And, and, and to yourself, you know, what, what do you think, you being out there and the performance that you had, you know, what do you think that shows to uh, a kid that was in your shoes at one point, you know, either in high school, at the junior level here in Hawaii, you know, what do you think you being on the floor and putting out the performance that you did, you know, what do you think that shows or what do you think that means to them? Well, I, I hope that I serve as an inspiration. Well, sorry, well, technically, we lead by example, every one of us on the team. But we hope to inspire youth kids, not just from Hawaii, but from all over the world that nothing's impossible. Whether you're short, you're tall, like anything's possible as long as you put in the work. Like you don't have to, you don't have to be blessed with gifts. You, you're already blessed with your perseverance and your personality. Like that's all you need is just to just put in work and just believe in yourself because you can't have other people believe you. You have to believe in yourself in order to to get out there and perform. <laughs> Career high in digs over the weekend. Uh, how much more confidence does that give you when you continue to you know, have a much bigger role on the team? Um, career high, you know, it is it's just a number, but the confidence come from that Coach Charlie put me out there because he, he wants me to be in that role for my team. And that's really the, that's really the motivation and inspiration that for me to be out there, presence to help my team out, to do what I can do to contribute to the team, whether I'm on the court or off the court, I'll still contribute to my team, whatever he needs me to do. And that was University of Hawaii men's volleyball libero Eleu Choi. Now here's middle blocker and opposite Alaka Itad. All right, man. Uh... You waited a long time for the opportunity you got this past weekend. Just try to put into words all the hard work, all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it and to be able to get the opportunity and to be able to enjoy the success that you did. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I've been waiting a long time, and it, it has been a lot of many years here. So it all starts with just trusting the process and trusting your coaching staff and your teammates and just working in hard day in and day out. and. Just keep working at what you got to do and competing with the players around you to make everyone better. But just having this opportunity to be in the stand, play inside the stand in front of my fans and my family and friends, it's just like no feeling that you could ever imagine. The patience that it took 
for you to make it through those years, to be a part of those teams, to practice hard on the court, but then not really get that opportunity uh, in, in the matches? You know, how, how many conversations did you have to have with yourself over the years of like, dude, just stay with it, your time will come? Yeah, it's been a long many years. I've had a ton of conversations with myself, but just one of the main things that kept coming back to me was that I want to be here, I want to be in Hawaii, and I want to play for these fans. And every time I ever had any of those thoughts come into my brain, all I would think about is all the fans coming out to the games and just the support that we get here in Hawaii and just knowing that if I keep working hard, I can show what I can do here and help this team win another national championship. Fans obviously, you know, love you guys as a team, love the starting lineup, but, you know, how special is it knowing that you are a local-born person in the starting lineup, you know, you and Ileu, you know, is there, is, there, is there something a little bit different about that, knowing that when you guys are lining up to call starters and you hear your hometown being calm and you hear that little bit of extra from the crowd. You know, is that, there's a little bit something different about that? Yeah, there's. I can't speak for the other guys, but I, I can speak for the local born guys that there definitely is a little extra pride in it here in your hometown being called and just knowing all, all, all the people from Kailua are thinking about, oh, wow, that guy's from Kailua. Or maybe there's a little kid in the crowd who's from Kailua. Like, maybe I could be there one day and just trying to be that role model for them that. Yeah, if you do stick it out and you work hard, maybe you can make it to this level, and it is possible. So I just wanted to be there to be that example. When you have a weekend like you did, uh, how much more confidence does it give you now as you go further in the season just to know that you can be counted on in those moments? I think it helps to more so showcase what I can do because I've, I've always had the confidence that I can do it, but just having that actual proof on television and in-game experience I think just helps reassure other teams that there is no void inside that opposite spot after Demetrius left and that we are still here and that we're coming. And that was University of Hawaii men's volleyball players Eleu Choi and Alaka'i Todd, you know, speaking to the media following their performances after their matches against Loyola Chicago and as they get prepared to face Emmanuel today and Friday. And you can also watch those two interviews along with head coach Charlie Wade on our YouTube channel. So head to our YouTube channel and it's up right there to listen or to watch as we always do. We get you we get you the goods. And later on today, uh, you'll be able to hear from UH women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman as they have already left to go on their road trip. But we'll play We'll, play, we'll also play it for you tomorrow morning so you don't have to wait in anticipation to go to our YouTube channel. But I'm curious to see how they do today. I, I'm They did really well, as we mentioned, against Loyola Chicago, a top-ranked team. Uh, but just the errors, clean it up. But you know what? If the errors are a problem, that's really not that bad of a problem to have because that's stuff that you can easily fix. I know they get a little overzealous from the service line. I feel like that's men's volleyball in general. I was going to say. want to serve it as hard as they can. And to hit 150 mile per well, hour. Well, and it's one thing, right? Like Rocket. I was having this discussion with one of the other regulars that go to men's volleyball and it's like, it's it's one thing to serve it over and out, but it's just like it's it's annoying when it goes straight into the net, right? Like, cause I get it, you could serve it over the net, and sometimes there's too much mana, and then it just goes out of bounds. 
But when it just can't at least go over the net is when it gets like, oh, come on, you guys, like, just get it over. Just get it over. Just get the like, it's better to even just take a little bit off of the serve just so that it can get over and in instead of just trying to whip it over. And then you don't know. Try to do a little too much. Yeah. And then you just give them the free point, you know, but we'll, we'll see again. It's stuff they can learn from in Charlie's. A media session he did talk about like yeah well, we're gonna work on some things tweak some things and just you know look at what we did last couple of games and take it into Emmanuel so the, like we always said like this team considering that this is a somewhat new team with a few solid like with few returnees but for the most part brand new in terms of working together on the court what we saw last week was the base. I mean, this is going to be very exciting. That's the word right there. Exciting. This is a team that went five sets with a top 10 team in the country and a loss. And that was because they played their worst volleyball in a decade. I mean, if you think I'm being dramatic, go back and listen to coach Charlie Wade talk about it. He's like, we have not had that many errors <laughs> in a decade. He said that. Those were his exact words. You can find that on our YouTube channel, by the way. Like, subscribe, comment, by the way. Um, but, no, it, it was an inconsistent Saturday for them, but not one that did not show the exciting high-flying bows that we have come to know and love. You said it. There's four new players in this rotation, that starting rotation, only three returners, and those three returners mm-hmm. are incredible. I don't want to take. Oh yeah. I don't want to no. take anything away from them. Obviously, especially you got your floor general there and Spiros Hakis and Guillermo Vos, who is phenomenal as well. I, I just it, there are so many good players on this team still. Three of which who returned, and and then four in this new rotation, not who are necessarily brand new to the program. Tread Rosenthal, obviously. Yeah. The, now 18-year-old, apparently, I think is what you said the other yeah. day. so previously 17, but I previously believe his 17. birthday was recently. So, But no, a very young, true freshman starting. But then you also have guys like Aleu and guys like Alakai who they come in and they've been in the program for years. They've seen what it takes to get to the top. They've bided their time. They've waited and now they finally get their opportunity. And we saw what that meant to them mm-hmm. in that opening weekend as well. I mean, Aleu was phenomenal in the opening match. And even in that second match was pretty great as well, if you go look at it. And then Alakai was one of the few players who didn't make an error Saturday night. That's really hard to do, especially mm-hmm. at the spot in which he plays. And he did that. So those two, they serve as a calming presence and when two of your newest pieces that are trying to get settled in can be that way it makes you feel pretty good if you are coach charlie wade and it's a big reason why i like coach wade so much i mean i mean you and i talk about it a lot Koo, where i feel people overreact after losses a lot that wasn't coach wade after saturday no was he frustrated by a loss absolutely (laughs) once again exact words well losing sucks (laughs) that's true yeah but also there's so much more that goes into it there's so many good things there were so many exciting high-flying moments from this team that 
if they're able to clean it up and not just give away an entire set's worth of points, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to compete with anybody. And that is why Charlie Wade felt the confidence and the comfort to say before the season even started is we still feel like we have the pieces to be the best team at the end of the season. That means work still has to be put in. Starts again this Wednesday, tonight, against Emmanuel. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm bummed I'm missing it. Oh, well. We'll be at OIA Girls Basketball, as they we should, you. today and Friday. A lot of stuff going on. By the way, there really is no precedent. There was only one game. Their only meeting was on opening day of the 2020 Rainbow Warrior Classic here in Honolulu, UH1, 25-13, 25-15, 25-15. And Hawaii used 20 players and hit 470 with nine aces and 10 and a half blocks in that single meeting against Emmanuel. And now they get set to play them twice. Uh, UH, however, has not lost back-to-back matches at home since March 2nd and 4th in 2016 against BYU. (laughs) So if history uh, sets itself. We should come out with the win today, but that's why they play the games. All right, got to step aside. When we come back, Sierra, Tango Sierra, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Next on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht on this Wednesday. Don't forget this afternoon, or not this afternoon, this evening, OIA Girls Basketball, Radford and Pearl City, Kyle Galdera and Michael Lescaro with the call. And then Friday, we have Castle versus Farrington. Again, OIA Girls Basketball. Sunday, Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. Saturday, we have USC Men's Basketball at Colorado. We have Clippers Basketball on Friday. A lot of stuff, so be sure to go to hawaiisportsradio.com and click on the program guide to get all of our schedules every single week. And tomorrow morning, Sharks Weekly, a live and new Sharks Weekly, as everyone was on uh, the holiday break following the show tomorrow at 9. So tons of stuff going on. But of course, we always go back to football. <laughs> By the way, they were talking about it this morning on Beeson, and it is kind of unfortunate for those of you guys who haven't seen the news yet at, at, at least in terms of the betting market kind of split between all the wild card matchups you know money going everywhere except the general consensus that everyone is putting their money on Kansas City this weekend because it is set to be really really cold and potentially snowy in Kansas City so a lot of people experts the betting market not giving a lot of uh, or not having a lot of faith into a Tongo Vailoa and the Miami Dolphins as, you know, hey, you're coming from Miami, warm climate generally, and now you're going into the cold. So this is why, if there's any definition on why, if people don't realize, especially in the NFL, home field advantage matters, this is exactly why. Because should the Miami, had the Miami Dolphins beat the Bills and they had home field advantage, this situation and unfortunate scenario of going to Kansas City in the complete cold where they're not usually accustomed to, like if it were the opposite, right? And the Bills had to go play at Kansas City, eh, 
they're used to, to playing in the cold. But now you got to a tongue of Iloa and a lot of it's pretty much the one game that all the money and the bets majority are going to Kansas City. Other than that, all the other games are kind of split here and there, even with Dallas and Green Bay and, you know, big spreads and whatnot. Oh, let's go to a prove them wrong. Let's go. It's tough, though. It's tough. My, my football brain also says, yeah, it just I just. Oh, so the Dolphins very much so have felt like a warm weather team throughout mm-hmm. this year, which can't blame them. They're built to play in Miami. Sue them. They play half of their games in Miami. Nonetheless, the Chiefs, it's not like they're... This is not the Chiefs of last year or the years before then. Travis Kelsey has not been as impressive. Rasheed Rice has actually emerged as their top target. At the end of the day, it is not the craziest thing to say. That being said, the Dolphins all but had the AFC East locked up in their fins and um well it, it slipped right out and now the bills get their home I really field. miss kyle huh i i, I haven't <laughs> seen him in like a month man i have to you're totally channeling i'm, I'm, your gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> locked up in their fins <laughs> locked up in their fins slipped out of their grasp oh. i mean all of these things nonetheless yeah it's gonna be really fun because it's the it's the Chiefs of old, essentially, where you have this high-scoring, high-powered offense through the air a lot of times. Not to say that the Dolphins can't run the ball. They absolutely can. But I, I just have a hard time. They have so many injuries at this point where even if they wanted to be this tough, hard-nosed team and kind of change their identity at this point in the season, I don't know if they have the dogs to do it. And that's not to be like, oh, they don't have dogs on the team. Is literally just to say, at some point, you can only play your fourth string at so many positions and be competitive at the playoff level. So, going to be a tough one for them. Nonetheless, going to be a really fun one, I think. I th- If there is going to be a high-scoring game in the round. I feel like if it wasn't round, cold, it yeah. could be. By the way, I should probably mention, just so everyone will does know... Uh, according to the AccuWeather report, game time weather two degrees. So that's oh, how that's cold actually it is. that's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I was actually expecting you to say. Well, like, they were negatives. saying zero. They were saying zero and well, two degrees warmer, I guess. And I was ready. And for the weather you to hit me with a negative five to negative ten right there. I forget you're from the east. Coast, I was going to say that's that us fellow primo. warm. Our warm weather beings are like two degrees. We freeze in seventy degrees. I mean, it's cold I, in seventy. I can't say that I haven't changed a little. I, if you have acclimated a little bit to the weather, people got looking. I'm wearing my good old sweatpants today, and on my drive in, I was cold because I wasn't wearing a jacket or a sweatshirt, <laughs> but. Nonetheless, yeah, um, when you said, too, though I did see somebody making a joke, a Chiefs fan making a joke, being like, oh, they're going to make us move the game because I think that was some big thing with the Bills Chiefs a few years back or the Bills Bengals and all that. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I I think they were trying to get a rise out of Bills fans, which Mm. from the point of Twitter I saw, it it worked. It worked (laughs) enough. worked enough for everybody else oh my goodness that's but two degrees so yeah i mean it's not fun that's why they play the games it will be interesting though because it does get more 
difficult. Granted, they have heaters on the sidelines, and I'm sure they'll do what they need to do. Got a few more resources than the old high school teams. Yeah, it's not. It becomes a little more difficult to throw the ball in colder weather. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, Raheem Moster is good to go. So at least Tuatango Vailoa has him to utilize because he was inactive last game along with Jalen Waddle. So hopefully, those offensive weapons are back for Tua. So curious how the speed works out because a lot of the things that McDaniel schemes up for the Dolphins end up just utilizing their speed where Mm. Tua might be able to just take that hit his back foot pat and throw and if he just gets the ball out quickly to said playmakers uh, they it might not be as big of a deal as we are necessarily making it out to be as I sit here and I think about it yeah because they are fast yeah and the way that they've played which is why to uh you know all the haters would hate is because a lot of what they do has been some of these like shorter passes and you know to a can't can't throw the deep ball is what all if everybody you don't was like saying it, then stop it. yeah and he will throw the deep ball every once in a while this game however i can anticipate that there won't be i mean if there's a shot open of course they're going to take it but i think in terms of the plays that they'll call will be a lot shorter as they should because the cold weather ball is going to be di- different to grip I don't know. I mean, I guess also he'll, just they'll don't keep him want to warm. get to a hit. Yeah, when and it's so, cold as well, it, that hurts way, way more. I'm looking forward to see how it goes in two degree weather for a warm weather team and a warm weather guy like Tua Tango Vailoa. But we gotta go for Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.